0: I'm very excited today as we've been talking about changing forward turn to someone and say change forward you know what's interesting to me is the more you talk to people the more you realize that everybody really does want to change now we say that but we really don't mean that in a sense we want the change but we don't want to change and it's important that we recognize today that without changing forward without us changing we can't go to new plateaus in Christ remember Jesus is the chief shepherd the job of the shepherd is not only to protect the sheep but to make sure that they're fed properly and what a shepherd will do is he'll he'll take his sheep to a field and they'll they'll literally sit there and eat and enjoy and mounge and and uh Sleep and relax and there's peace as they're protected. But sheep are amazing creatures because they'll literally eat the grass down to the nubs. What do we mean by nubs, nubs is literally there's not even another piece that can be drawn out of the ground. And when that's done, the job of the shepherd is to take them to new pastures, to a new place, a place where they have never been before, a place where the grass is swaying and beautiful and it's fresh and luscious. But it's amazing how many people, we are the sheep of God, that whenever Jesus wants to move us on and move us to a new place, that many of us still want to remain complaining about the nubs. God wants to take us, but he can't take us unless we're willing to go. And I want to challenge you even today, as we're talking about changing forward, that you cannot change forward without a willing heart to say, God, I trust that everything you have for me is not bad but good. You see, many people don't move forward because they literally don't believe that God has something good for them. Now, we wouldn't say that out loud. We know God is good. But we hang on so desperately to our past and our past experiences and even our past relationship with the Lord and we forget that God wants to graduate us into a new place and a new plane that is greater than where you came from. Your eye has not seen, your ear has not heard, your, your mind cannot even conceive the great things that God has installed for those who love him. But God can't take you to that place unless you're willing to leave the nubs. that's change and that's challenging because that means we might lose comfort for a little bit how many here like to be comfortable everybody else is a liar going to hell in a (laughs) handbasket everybody wants to feel comfortable nobody wants anybody telling them that they have to do something differently well I've done it this way for 475 years and it's not gonna change now well, then you're not gonna get anything different in your life. And God wants to challenge you. How many of you know that you can serve the Lord, but not stay serving the Lord? It's choice. And today I have such an enormous, pl- enormous pleasure in introducing Morgan Filippetti. I'm gonna ask her to come and share her testimony with you as we're talking about changing forward. I love you, baby. I'm right here.
1: Good morning, everyone. I am Morgan Filippetti, and I've been going to his tab on and off for over 15 years. As a teen, I was highly involved doing drama, youth worship, dance, and I even remember doing 5 a.m. prayer on Tuesdays before high school. I've battled badly with severe depression, anxiety, and self-harm from an early age, but was constantly reminded of the plan that God has for my life by my mom, the Spencers, and the church family. But once I turned 18, I turned from God and ran, which I did a lot of. I went to Rochester after a college guy that was also from the area. Little did I know that this would be the beginning of a toxic and abusive 13-year relationship with him, drugs, and alcohol. I remember it just started with smoking weed and drinking beer and wine, and it felt harmless, but all along I knew it was wrong. It wasn't long before I was drinking hard liquor and experimenting with harder drugs. What I didn't know is that doing these things with someone I had such a close relationship to meant that our soul tie and bondage to each other grew stronger. I can't remember exactly when it got really bad, probably just a few years in, and I found myself drinking every day. The drugs never really did it for me the way alcohol did. With alcohol, I felt invincible. I felt less of the pain I was burying away. Together, my ex and I enabled each other's drinking and began doing it all the time. See, once you start drinking all day, you can't really stop or you start to feel sick. So before I knew it, I was waking up, drinking to kill the hangover, drinking all day, no matter if I had work or school, and then would drink at night until I passed out. Together, my ex and I would drink a handle of vodka a day, sometimes more, depending on how broke we were. Things hit an all-time low when I lived in Columbus, Ohio, and was being hospitalized once a month for pancreatitis and severe alcohol withdrawals. You can only go blacking out for so long before your body gives up, and you get sick, really, really sick. Alcohol withdrawals are the worst, the one of the only withdrawals you can actually die from. I would be throwing up, shaking beyond belief, seeing and hearing things that weren't there, unable to sleep, unable to breathe. I would literally lay there and pray to God that I wouldn't die that day because everything hurt so unbelievably bad. That's when I found out about the pancreatitis which is god-awful. You're in so much pain that they drug you up with morphine and adivan and you can't eat or drink anything, so you just lay in a hospital bed on seizure watch for about a week. I did this about seven times. Wow. I began spending so much time at the hospital that I had to drop out of culinary school. It wasn't soon before my boyfriend stopped visiting me or refused to even take me to the hospital. Finally, he texted me while I was in the hospital one day, telling me that I needed to go home to my mom's and he couldn't do it anymore. Once I got back to my mom's, I continued to drink but would hide how much, was even more depressed than usual, and was becoming increasingly suicidal. I decided to get help and go to rehab and try to stop drinking for about two years. I was in the BSU probably three times, went to rehab twice, and never staying longer more than two and a half months. My ex came back into the picture, and I agreed to get back with him after I talked him into a stint in rehab, too. But once he got out, we were both drinking more than ever. It wasn't until I left work one day. I can't remember if it was because I was too hungover or too drunk, but I went home to him hysterical. I packed a bag and called an Uber to get brought to St. Joe's, where I knew I would detox, go to the BSU, and then be sent back to rehab. I will never forget laying there in the hospital bed detoxing. It was the worst I'd ever felt my entire life. As I laid there, I prayed and cried and prayed and cried. I remember thinking that I couldn't live this way anymore, that I was so sick and tired of how horribly sick I was, both physically and mentally, and I didn't wanna live anymore. So I did another stint in the BSU and rehab again. And this time it felt completely different. I was praying to a God I knew was calling me back to him. Yes. I had only ran away from him so long that I had struggled to hear his voice. I was certain that this time around I was really done. The only mistake I made was going back to my boyfriend because he promised to quit with me. It wasn't It lasted for a few weeks before I caught him chugging a bottle of vodka in the living room closet. I finally knew that I had to leave him for good, and I moved out a couple weeks later without touching a drop of alcohol. Amen. See, this isn't just a story of my victory over alcohol, but my victory over being in an abusive relationship for 13 years with someone that I was convinced I would be with forever. I wasn't just addicted to the alcohol, but to him, too. Being sober has been the hardest and most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. Sure, there are days where my depression sneaks in and says that slamming a bottle of vodka would make it all go away. But I'll always go back to that day in the hospital and how much pain I felt, how truly desperate I was. As AA says, easy does it in one day at a time. And that's how I got here. That's why I'm able to say that a week from today, I will be one year sober. I couldn't plead with you enough to cry out to God from wherever you are. Whether it's drugs and alcohol, sickness, the middle of a divorce, or at your limit with depression and anxiety. You just have to want it bad enough, that's it. God is literally standing right there just waiting for you. But you have to make the choice to run to him, to literally abandon everything you know and run to him. I was given a death sentence by doctors each time I ended back up in the hospital. It only takes one more time for you to drink like this and not make it, they would say. And here I am today, the healthiest I've ever been. My mental health is finally being managed properly, and I couldn't be more proud of myself than I am. And I'm happy. I thought being sober would be miserable, and it's proven to be quite the opposite. So I'm so glad to be alive today, and to be able to tell you that my healer, my comforter, and my redeemer lives.
0: Amen. Change forward. It's a powerful thing to recognize that if Morgan didn't make the choice, she would still be in the same position or maybe not here at all. You want to change. It's in you to change. It's in you to go to a new place. It's in you to increase. It's in you to have a greater capacity. God put that in each and every one of us. But in the process of growing full, we, we have to make choices to say, I want to do and be where God wants me to be. And if God called me there, I know it's going to be gooder. That's my word. Then the last place. Our verse for the year is Isaiah chapter 43, verse 19. And it says this, listen carefully, which means you cannot Listen carefully. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. God is about to do a new thing in your life. God is about to bring you to new pastures in your life. God is about to bless you in a new way in your life. God is about to use you in a new dimension in your life. I'm about to do a new thing, says the Lord. It will spring up fast. Will you not be aware of it? Which means some people aren't going to know it's coming. Some people aren't going to be paying attention. Some people aren't going to be changing forward and will literally miss God's best for their life. I don't know about you. I don't ever want to miss what God has for my life. Bible says that if we pay attention, I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I'm here to tell you very clearly that God wants to do miraculous things in your life, so stupendous, so so gargantuan that you and I are going to have to sit here and stammer because there's no way normal humanity in their brain that's finite can wrap around it in any capacity, but we'll sit back and shout glory to God in the highest. Good work. God is awesome. So many of us have already done our New Year's resolutions. And failed. Our fasting and prayer service was already done in January, and you made commitments to God, and you haven't kept them. You've made pledges. You've made commitments. Oh, horrible statistic! From a company, they did it in their own in their own uh, in their own company. They did a. Uh, a survey, and it said this. A while back, my company polled over 1,000 people who invested in personal development seminars, courses, set goals, and worked on these goals for 90 days. The data from these polls was pretty shocking because 95—excuse me, 96% of their personal development efforts completely failed. See, one thing that's so powerful about you and I being sons and daughters of God is that every change that comes is not one that we have to fulfill ourselves. You see, we are serving a living God. We are serving a caring God. We are serving a powerful God. And the God of heaven, if you're born again, dwells inside of you by the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And because of that, there is a power residing in you that what you and I can not accomplish through self-will can be accomplished through the power and the presence and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. You see, you're not doing this alone. You're not changing alone. You're not growing alone. God is helping you. So many people, they have the good intention of changing, and yet it seems like chains. It's like right there is the new place. Right there is God's next level for you. Right there is God's blessing for you. But yet, chains seem to hold you back. You know, those chains might be sin, they might be attitude, they might be bitterness, unforgiveness. There's so many different chains that are in people's lives, but we've got to make a choice that those chains are not greater and those chains are not better than what God's plans are, for he is going to bring the blessings of heaven to your life if you call upon the name of the Lord. God has greatness for you, not just goodness. Amen. I'm not going to preach long at all. I'll be done here in 10 minutes, if that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ, shall I belong to Jesus? Jesus. Listen, that's the key. There are a lot of people who believe in God, but believing in God does not get you to heaven. The Bible says in the book of James even the devils believe in God and tremble. It's not enough just to say, I believe in God. But the question is, do you belong to God? For it's no longer I that lives, but Christ that lives. I am a a sacrifice under Christ. He is going to live his life through me. You see, when we recognize this, we can belong to Christ. When you belong to Christ, you're not surviving on your own mental capability, your physical capability, and your inner soulish capability. You're drawing from God himself who dwells in you because you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And the Bible makes a declaration. If you belong to Christ, you have become a new person. It's very, very, very challenging. I'll just use that word again. As I watch people, they identify more with who they were than who God wants them to be. They trust more in their past and their past experiences and their past life and their past personality than they do in who God desires them to grow them into. You and I have to believe. We have to come to the conclusion. And I love what she said in in her testimony. She said, I never thought I could be happy, not drunk. So many have convinced ourselves that I don't know if I'll like who and what God wants to bring me to. But I'm here to tell you, every good and precious gift comes down from the Father of Light. You can trust God. He wants to make you a new man and a new woman, and who he develops and who he matures. Man, you're going to love it. You're going to live in it. I was talking to Ron Lerner last night. And Ron Lerner, uh, he didn't get saved. How many years ago did your husband get saved? Two years ago, gave his heart to Jesus. Very successful businessman. Very successful businessman. Ran an entire, an entire plant. Very well, very powerful man. Very brilliant man. And I said, Ron, how do you like who you are right now? He said, Pastor, and he has a challenge. He has a disease that's on his body that he is, he is declaring miraculous healing for, amen? But here, he said to me, Pastor, I couldn't be happier and I couldn't be more thankful than who and where I am right now. Amen. Man, I was just so excited. Why is that? Why would I be excited? Because listen, who he, he never thought three years ago he'd be saying that today. That's true. That's true. But who you are right now, man, I, I just want to encourage you. God's made you a new man and a new woman. Don't be settled with the old. Don't don't say what you had was better than what God has for you. It's gonna be phenomenal. You are gonna sit back in two years and shake your head and say, I never thought that my life could be so good. I never thought my life could be so blessed. I never thought that I could be so healed. I never thought that I could be so whole. I never thought that I could have this much joy. Even in the midst of the trial that you're in. Listen, yes, you're in the middle of a trial, but God's Holy Spirit who dwells in you is gonna get you through. You're going to come without, without smelling like smoke. And when you do, you're going to be a new man and a new woman. And, man, you're going to sit back and go, thank God for who he's developed me to be. You see, not everybody wants to let go of their past. Not everybody wants to let go of their past to get God's great. How about Lot? Lot, who's Abraham's nephew. First of all, Abram was not told to bring Lot. I do want you to know that when you start bringing folks you're not supposed to bring in your life, it causes you issues. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Abram was told to leave your family and go to a land. And Abram left with, but he, he brought his nephew Lot. Man, all the way through Lot's experience, he was just a pain and a thorn in the flesh of Abram. He didn't have to have that pain if he just obeyed God. But he kept a piece of his past that tethered with him all the way through his future. Mm, Let that sit for just a second. Here Lot and him separated and Lot went down to Sodom. And Sodom was a foul place filled with immorality, filled with homosexuality. And God said, I'm going to destroy this place. I'm going to destroy it, and, 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 and that's just the way it is. And, and Abram stood in the gap, and he, he talked to God, and he says, but Lot's down there. What if you find 50 righteous? And God said, I won't do it if I find 50 righteous. Well, there weren't 50 righteous in there. And it brought it all the way down to Lot's family. And God said, I will send, I will send deliverance to Lot's family because Abram prayed. So down, down go two angels, man. They're down there. They go into the city, and they go into Lot's house, and all of a sudden, this pounding on the door, and the pounding on the door were the men of the city saying, send those two men out. We want to have sex with them. We want to rape them. We want to take advantage of them, and Lot said, no, you can't have them, and what a nice guy offered his two daughters. Yeah, you probably didn't read that part. a sudden it was time for deliverance day and God said don't look back and that day something happened as God is getting ready to pour out brimstone from heaven to destroy the evil city called Sodom Gomorrah and God is getting ready to take vengeance on sin I want you to know the wages of sin is death i don't care what anybody says i don't care right now thank god for the period of grace that we live in but whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap can i hear an amen? amen and all of a sudden lot and his family start taking off and lot god said don't look back they start taking off and they're running to freedom they're running to blessing they're running to deliverance they're running to god's blessing and all of a sudden lot's wife turns around and takes a gaze You know what's sad is that you don't have control over your family. Where they start looking is their choice. Many people have watched and sadly watched our families abandon God's kingdom because they still won't let go of their past. But you don't have to be that person. You can't make a decision for anybody else, but you can make a decision for yourself. You can say, listen, now, I'm going to be like Lot. I'm going to run from that sin. I'm going to run from that attitude. I'm going to run from that bitterness. I'm going to run from that grudge. I'm going to run from this problem. I'm going to run, and I'm going to run to Jesus, and I'm going to give him all that I got because I trust him. I know that if God said it's good, it's going to be good, and it's going to be gooder." But you have to believe yourself that God only has great things for you. And if you don't believe that, then you're always gun shy in receiving what God has. God, whenever He says change, is not something that's horrid, it's something that's blessed. You know, and sadly enough, a lot of us, God has tried to take that old out of us. He's tried to bring changes into our lives, but we've refused. We've become stubborn to let go of some of the changes that God wants to do in our lives. And sadly enough, it always comes back to bite. How about Moses? Here's Moses brought up in Pharaoh's household. And all of a sudden he sees one of, the, one of the other men trying to bring down and trying to hurt a Jew. And, and so he goes down and he kills the other soldier. Buries him. The next day he goes and he's trying to break up a, a squabble between two other Jewish guys. And all of a sudden they look and say, oh, what are you going to do, kill us like you killed him? So he gets scared and he runs away. He runs away to the desert. As he's there, all of a sudden he has an experience with God. He has the burning bush experience. And God calls him. And you would think that the moment God called him, baby, come on now, it's time to bug out. He was 40 years old when he got the call. But God didn't tell him to go right down and bring bring deliverance to the Jews. He said, now why don't you go and hang out in the desert place and raise some sheep for me. You see, the quiet place is a place where God starts taking those things out that could destroy us in our future. And many of us don't want to let go of the things that God has called us to change because we like them so much. But I'm here to tell you, if you like them so much, they're going to come and bite you. Because, listen, what was the problem of, 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 of Moses? Problem with Moses, he had angry issues. Now he's called out, and 80 years old, and he brings deliverance to the children of Israel. They've crossed the Red Sea. Come on now, that's a, that's a great miracle, isn't it? First of all, the 10 plagues, and, and, then, and then, the, uh, then the deliverance, and then wa- bitter water turns sweet, and then, then so many grouses that's coming out their nose, and their clothes don't wear off. And God said, speak to the rock, and I'll water the people and the flock. But he got mad at the people, anger, And he struck the rock. And God said, because you struck the rock, you cannot have the promised land. I want you to know something. When God starts dealing with these changes in your life, He's not trying to take them out to cause you pain. He's trying to keep them out so you don't have any more pain. Not just then, but in the future. But God can't do that unless you surrender them. You see, Moses refused to surrender his anger issues. And later on, it cost him the promised land. I don't want nothing to cost me. Oh God, I'm nothing in myself. I thank God that you are everything. I thank God that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. I thank God that you love me with an everlasting love. I thank God that you see my future. What Whatever is in my life that needs to come out, Jesus, take it out. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. You know, there's a verse in Romans 7. I've heard Christians use it a lot for an excuse. Let me read it to you. Romans chapter 7, 21 through 25. So I find it to be the law of my inner self That evil is present in me, the one who wants uh, uh, excuse me, let me read it over here. When you read the Amplified, you read their little inserts and it confuses me. So I find it to be the law of my inner self. That evil is present in me, the one who wants to do good. For I enjoy, for, for I joyfully delight in the law of God in my inner self with my new nature. But I see a different law and rule of action in the members of my body, in its appetites and desires, waging war against the law of my mind and subduing me and making me a prisoner of the law of sin, which is within my members, wretched and miserable man that I am, who will rescue me and set me free from this body of death, this corrupt and mortal existence. I've heard Christians use that verse all the time. See, I can't have victory because that's just waging war in me. I can't seem to have victory. But God wants you to know you got to finish the verse. Verse 25 says it all. It said, who can deliver me from this body of sin? Thanks be to God for my deliverance through Jesus Christ our Lord. I want you to know that today you have Christ living in you by the Holy Ghost that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It doesn't matter how bad it is. It doesn't matter how hard the change. With Christ as your sight pattern, you can always hit the target. It's time to recognize that you're not doing this on your own, but God by His Spirit dwelling in you is releasing the anointing to destroy every yoke of bondage to bring the promise of the Lord that He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Some of you need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Speaking in other tongues, you need more power. Yeah. The church doesn't like to talk about it because it's talking in tongues. That's, that stuff's weird. What do you mean weird? I guess you're not really cultured. Listening to my daughter-in-law talk, what's the name of it? The click sound. No, what's it called? click cl- Closa. There's a language that my daughter-in-law knows, she grew up in South Africa, called Closa. Right, and it, there's click words all the way through. So you're asking, <laughs> it's clicking. And you sit back and you go, how in the world, not only can you do that, but that just sounds plumb weird. <laughs> You've never heard languages from other nations. And it's amazing to me how people think speaking in other tongues is a strange thing. It's not a strange thing. The Bible says, though I speak with the tongues of angels and of men, there's there's tongues that God will use you in that are natural language and tongues that God will use you with, which is angelic angelic words and, and God's speech. And it's time for you and I to say, if God has offered it, I cannot imagine that it will be bad. For God doesn't give any bad gifts, only good gifts. So if God is saying, be filled with the Holy Ghost and with power, you should be saying, I want that gift. And then there's some practical things. Come on now. Stop watching what you're watching. I had a young man. He was 16, 15, 16 years old, had a serious problem with pornography. And he came to me and he said, Pastor, I want deliverance. I prayed for him. I I encouraged him and strengthened him, spoken life into him. And he said to me, he said, well, I'm still struggling with it. And I said, you know, where do you watch it? Well, you know, he goes, well, I go to my room and it's on my, you know, I I watch it on my computer. And he says, it's amazing. I start watching one minute and all of a sudden I'm in five hours. And I said, well, you man, you got to, you got to get rid of your computer. The Bible says if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. He's not talking like you should go cut your hand off. Take your eyeballs out. What he's saying is, get rid of where the temptation is coming from. And I looked at the young man and I said, listen, God wants, he has great things for you. But this is going to hold you back. And he said to me, well, pastor, I can't do it. I said, get rid of your computer. And he said, I can't do that. You see, you gotta want something so bad, like Morgan. Every time she gets tempted with alcohol again, she remembers how bad that pain was that last time she was in the hospital bed, and she had to make a decision not only not only to get rid of the booze, but to get rid of the boy. We have to make decisions in our lives. We have to choose that what we watch is going to build us and strengthen us, not destroy us and bring us back into the change that's going to keep us from God's changing forward and God's greatness in our lives. Some of you got to stop hanging. Who are you hanging with? Jesus. Some of you got people in your life that you should not have in your life. Well, pastor, they're my friends. Well, let me tell you how to tell whether they're your good friends or bad friends. Number one, if they're influencing you to back, go backwards when you're around them, then you're not helping them. Those old friends, the only time you hang with them is if you're influencing them, they're not influencing you. If you're going back to the old sin, the old struggle, rather than remaining in the victory that God has given you by the Holy Spirit, and the only reason you keep going back is because you keep hanging back with these folk, it's time to break them. somebody got relatives you need to be careful of. So you box your time with them. You don't abandon them, you box your time with them. But there are people that you've got to get rid of in your life. Listen, I would never ask Morgan to go back and become a bartender. Why not? Because it put her back in that same environment. Never return to the same environment. All tooth people saying amen. Stop going to the places you're going. Some of you are going to places you know you shouldn't be going. Come on now. Well, I like the food. But you know when you go eat that food, you're going to be tempted with what's what you used to deal with. Say amen. amen. You know that, that that joint that's sitting in your glove box, you swore off pot, but you got it there just in case. You should see the faces. We've got to make choices if we're going to change forward, and that change forward is not accidental. I want what God has for me. That means I've got to to literally look and listen to the Holy Spirit. God, what do you want to change in my life in 2021? God, I know where I came from, but I know where you want to bring me. God, I know you've got great things for me, but God, what do you need to change and shift in my life in this year to get me there? Lord, whatever it is, I lay myself on the altar of God as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God which is my reasonable service and I say God I trust you I trust you that whatever I am wherever I'm going that in your hands that will always bring me to the pinnacle place and I will always bring glory to your name we've got to make a choice if we're going to change and if you don't you'll just be the same person you'll be like Moses Moses Who, after great victories, sold it all out because he was unwilling to change one thing in his life. Can you imagine that? He did the most magnificent things for God. He literally delivered the children of Israel after 400 years of bondage, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. Miracle after miracle. He was up on a mountain when God gave him the Ten Commandments. Yep, he chose not to change something that God put his finger on. And in the end, it cost him. I don't know. I'm definitely not a perfect man. My wife says I'm perfect. It's that stuff I give her in the morning. (laughs) We all got stuff. We all got stuff we need God to change in our lives. You know, there's churches you can go to that you can go and it's a 15 minute little kumbaya message. Everything's beautiful. Everything is beautiful. In its own way. you go to a church and the pastor will just show you these nice little portions of the scriptures. And I believe in those portions of the scriptures and they're extremely important. But when you're never challenged to change, you never go to the next place, the next plateau, the next feeding zone, the next place of maturation and maturity in your walk with Jesus. And I'm challenging you this year. This whole year is gonna be very uncomfortable for all of us. There is something in our lives, every one of us, something in our lives that God has put his finger on and he said, this needs to change in your life. I want to bring this transformation in your life, but I can't do it without your permission. God will not change you without you giving him permission. And we have to make a decision. Is that thing so good that it's I'm willing to give up God's great That's each person's choice. Moses couldn't make it for Lot. Lot couldn't make it for his wife. Every one of us choose. Do we want God's best, or do we just want to get to glory? I don't know about you, I hate regret. Anybody here ever have regret before? If you're alive, you've been alive more than 15 years, you've had at least one regret. My question that I posed myself is, Spencer, do you want to lay on your deathbed if Christ does not blow that trumpet sound? And say, man, if I had only. I don't want regret. And the only way not to live regret is to live God. And if you live God, you don't have to live regret. But that means he goes like this, puts his finger and he says, change. But I don't want to change, change. But I don't like that, change. But God, that hurts, change. And when we change, man, everything opens up to a whole new sight pattern. Life changes for good. For God is good all the time and never bad. Amen. Bow your heads with me this morning. Praise the Lord. I'm just so excited. We've had such an amazing day already. Today already. Um, you know, I, I said we had two saved in first service, and we did. And we had uh, another person saved in the second service. So I thank God. Uh, just, just, um, just before the, uh, the water baptism, we've had three people saved already this morning in this room. And we baptized, I thought it was 30, it was 33 people today in Jesus' name. I'm excited what God is doing. Baby, you need to get ready because this is not going to happen slow. It's going to happen quick, what God's going to do. You don't want to be caught sitting back and staring. You want to be caught running with the whole things of God. Amen? I'm running this race to win. I'm not trotting. Amen? I'm running. I'm not sitting. I'm running. That means we've got to be ready to run. That means we've got to have God bring change in our life. Can I ask you a question? No matter how young or how old, I should say, mature you are in in, in the church or in the kingdom, what is God asking you to change this year? Come on, bow your head for just a second. This way you're not looking around at anybody else, not distracted. What is God asking you to change? Not Listen, I know you can tell your spouse what they need to change. What do you need to change? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you this year? Change this. You'll never give you more than you can handle. But if you never handle... You'll never change. What is that thing? And then I want you to pray right out loud with me Jesus, thank you for revealing that to my heart. I thank you that I don't have to do it alone. I thank you that grace not only saved me, but grace is maturing me. Thank you for the power to change, not just in my flesh. But in my spirit, man, that I'll run this race to win, that I'll have no regret, that I won't miss the river, that I won't miss the road in the desert. Oh God, I thank you that you are always with me, empowering me to be more like you. I surrender my life, I surrender my sin, I surrender my attitude i surrender my grudge i surrender my unforgiveness i surrender my addictions and i declare god that my life is yours in jesus name with your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you do not know jesus christ is your personal savior or you know there's a sin between you and god that would keep you from heaven and today you want to get right whether you're watching online or right now in the room that's you, I want you to raise your hand up. I know it's going to take some boldness, but I want you to slide your hand up right now and say, God, I want to get right with you. Is there anyone in the room? Thank you, young lady. Is there anyone else? Thank you. Put your hand right back down. Is there anyone else this morning? I'm not going to wait long. Thank you, sir. Yo, the young lady. Very good. Very good. Anybody else? Moms and dads, if your children raise raise their hand, make sure you bring them up because that's what keeps them from the mess. Amen. Jesus keeps them from the mess. I thank God for her, for her testimony. Do you want to hear a greater testimony? I got saved when I was young. I didn't fall away from God. I've served God all my life, and I've lived in victory. That's the greater testimony. Very few of us have that, but if we raise our kids right, they can live it. Amen. I said amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.